0: Hey, and welcome to another podcast, Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco.
1: And I am your other host, Jeff Cameron.
0: How's it going, Jeff?
1: Not bad, cuz. Not bad. Been a minute.
0: It has. Yeah, we ended up going on a non-planned hiatus there. We, uh, a bunch of stuff happened when Jeff moved. That took us some time, then it was Easter, and then I went away. It was just a whole bunch of stuff on top of each other that kept us off the airwaves, so... We apologize to our listeners
1: Amongst all that stuff, me and you actually got together in real life For a very special occasion And we're going to get into that about halfway through today's show
0: Yes, exactly, yeah, a very, a very awesome time, no doubt
1: <laughs> But meanwhile, we'll get right back into the old randomatic countdown I know everybody's dying for us to get up into these good tunes Yeah, for sure, me too
0: all right, so we're jumping in to uh, one of I'm. St- I was surprised we still had songs here that we're, were after midnight from this album, but from Poolet, <laughs> we have got the classic "Heart and Soul." Right. Song, it's a great video. It's like the guys have been frozen in ice and uh thought out, like going full (laughs) Encino Man. I think I read actually somewhere this video was the uh the basis for the Encino Man script.
1: Amazing, it totally makes sense. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so then they get out and they they pass a guy with a mohawk and he looks like he wants to kill them, (laughs) he's really playing the part, and then they get beat up by a punker girl at a club. And uh, then they pass this, like, make your own rock video photo booth thing. I know I'm doing a breakdown of the video, but it's one of the most video-y videos the monkeys <laughs> got to do that was still like the monkeys.
1: It really was. In fact, it was like a, you know, an 80s MTV rock video, but also like the monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> kind of indicative of the influence they had on the culture itself. Yeah,
0: and it's it's one of the only ones where... They really embrace that they're the monkeys coming back. They, they really played on that well in the video. And so they pass this thing that says make your own rock video, like a photo booth type thing. And <laughs> Davey opens the curtain and it's a full production, like an entire huge room and all this stuff. <laughs> and it's probably their biggest budget video, I'd say, out of any of their videos. It was a really big push to get the monkeys on MTV.
1: I think you're right. But yeah.
0: But now to to just talk about the song, oddly enough, instead of the video on this song countdown. Um, <laughs> Mickey's voice is awesome in this song. And it would have been cool to have been a fan in the 60s and then hear them come out with this song in the 80s because he still sounds like Mickey. It's still like then the Monkeys vibe from the video. It would have been a pretty cool, I think, uh, experience to have as a Monkeys fan.
1: Oh, for real! Like, especially the way the monkeys kind of, kind of bombed out <laughs> with head, and then they gradually quit. Yeah. And then uh, changes was not a hit, and the Dolan Jones voice heart thing. Maybe if you're a, a monkey super fan, you're into it. But it was also not a hit. Mm-hmm. So for it to come back pretty hard, and to be them making videos and stuff, it's good times for the monkeys. Fans.
0: Yeah, and definitely to see them like it would have been like 20 years ish between the two and it's kind of like mm-hmm. they still look like them like a little older obviously but it's still like you can <laughs> tell who they all are you know what i mean it's not like you never could but it they didn't quite hit that point yet where people like it's all of a sudden like oh wow they look they look old now <laughs> they obviously still didn't because they were only in their like 30s or 40s
1: but uh this is the uh, it was a new concept for rock stars to be in their 30s and 40s and still putting out records. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of uh I don't know negative hype of these geezers going out and rocking again even though they're like, you know, late 30s, early 40s. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. And and, and at, at the time even like 60s to 80s, you're still like, what are you talking about? I'm still I can still rock and roll. Like what are you doing? <laughs> And the the Stones are always the band people point to because they're the only ones, really, who have been together the whole time since, like, mm-hmm. you know, the British invasion. And so with them, they were still sure. putting out hits and stuff in the 80s.
1: <clears throat> For sure. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, Heart and Soul was written by a couple dudes named Simon Byrne and Andrew Howell. And uh, not only was it on Pool It, it was also released as a single. It made it all the way up to number 87. Wow.
0: I would have thought higher, to so, be honest with
1: you. And I gotta say, I wish Casey Kasem would have got to talk about him. You know? Yeah, I do. Yeah.
2: Hey, coming in at number eighty-seven, <laughs>
0: got the prefab four. Everybody's favorite. Hey, hey, it's the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, for me, heart and soul, I like it. It's not like a, a record I, I jump to or anything, but you can understand why. You feel like in, in a live situation too. They got that breakdown with the claps. Yes, for and, sure. Uh, yeah, it's not a bad song, but it's not my favorite song either.
1: I'm with you there. So yeah, number forty nine. That's Heart and Soul from Poole It on the Random Matter Countdown. Word. Up next at number forty eight, we got Me and Magdalena. <laughs>
0: is like probably the monkey song that actually made some waves since Mm -hmm. like heart and soul really (laughs) like this is a song i like you'd read about like magazines saying yeah the monkeys have put out this new record and it's you know jaunty and da 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 da." but there's this one song me and magdalena and that was kind of like the standout track for whatever Mm -hmm. reason
1: I think there was a handful of those because it's one of the ones with a uh, a big-name songwriter attached to it, and in this case, it was uh, Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie. I think you were uh, pretty heavy into those guys for a short while, around 2000-ish, were you not? Yes, guys. I, I kind
0: of skipped in. Like uh, Some people <laughs> like loved them, loved them, and I had moments of like, yes, I like this song, this song, but they were... They didn't grip me as much as I thought they would. Actually, I thought I was going to be a bigger fan of them, but I do like them.
1: Huh. <laughs> it's cool. It's got that that feel a of a uh, that mm-hmm. just feels like a Ben Gibbard song. And he he himself mentions in the liner notes. What a what an honor and an achievement it was to have a Monkey song in his collection. That's crazy.
0: And uh, another thing, they had the two versions of it as well. They had the slow version, and they had a more peppy version of it I, I i prefer the more peppy version oh,
2: i like uh,
1: i like the role that the, the so the slower song plays on the album oh definitely it yeah kind of breaks things up a mm-hmm. bit and uh that's a neat vibe and it just takes you to right into the canyon and just um mm-hmm. And during the breakdown of this song when it's just Mike singing, the rest of the song it's got that Mike and Mickey blend that we all know and love. Yes. But when it gets quieter and it's just Mike singing and you can just hear the the heaviness and the experience in his voice. Mm-hmm. And it's just it just it gets you, man. It gets you. It
0: really you. does, yeah. Especially now. Like I've I've i meant I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but uh, I was listening to music recently just on this play huge playlist I have and Dorna <laughs> Summer came on. And when I hear Mike's voice now, and especially in like the, the me and Magdalena parts, it's like, it, it, it feels weird to me to be living in a world without Mike Nesmith in it. And I don't know really why it hit me. As, it's still hitting me as hard as it did. I think because we, when we chatted with him, or like we, we mm-hmm. separately, yeah. we chatted with him. But like doing that, it really made it feel like he made you feel like he was your friend or you were his friend. And, real, and yeah. I think and since then it's like, yeah, no, he's my my friend, Mike Nesmith. and now whenever I hear him in anything, it meant
1: a lot to me that we did that, and um, and I know you you hooked me up with that at the time, and again, I'm eternally grateful, and and uh, at the same time, just the fact that we talked to him, it felt like we were going to talk to him again, and like sometimes I'll catch myself thinking, oh, I gotta ask Mike this, and then uh, we can't, so it it's a it is a bummer, but I'm glad we got to do it when we had the chance. But like, I'm not a, I'm not the kind of dude who's like super into meeting celebrities because I'm usually afraid I'll uh, be embarrassing. But it was important to me to meet Mike Nesmith because of how much he meant to me. All yeah.
0: Over. And the fact that he made it seem like he wanted to talk. Like I remember thinking like, he yeah. Might just be like, yeah, OK, answer questions. OK, yeah. See you later. But it wasn't like that at all. It was like it was like he paid money to talk to me. He seems so excited about it. So
1: <laughs> he he was definitely into it. It was very cool. I think the pandemic had a lot to do with yeah. it. And just gave him a chance to reach out because he can't go play shows, and just was able to have one-on-ones with his fans. It was very cool.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. But anyway, <laughs> back to me and Magdalena. Great song, I think. Yeah, fits well on the album. The slow version fits well. The fast version is good if you just want to hear it and just like a one-off kind of thing and, yeah. yeah love it
1: wicked awesome that's me and magdalena from good times number four to seven here on the random at countdown at podcast valley sunday
0: <laughs> all right coming in at 46 we have got the trip one of the trippiest of trippies you can get from the monkeys with words <laughs>
2: i can still hear you saying those words that-
0: I can remember when I first heard words on the box set. It was one of the ones that I really dug and like knew it was going to go on my mixtape that I was making of these box set songs. And it's got, yeah, that cool, trippy, like wind chimes thing. And then the kind of picks up at the chorus. It's just, yeah, just a cool song.
1: Yeah, man. It's a Boys and Heart Jam. It appears on Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones. It's the B side to Pleasant Valley Sunday. And it's on Missing Links Volume 2. The uh, TV version of it, with a special backwards section, to blow everybody's minds. <laughs> of course, but it's kind of a special tune because uh, it's got Mickey and Peter singing together. That doesn't happen a mm-hmm. whole lot. True, and um, in the quote-unquote video from the show, they're all all switched around on the instruments, and yeah. in probably one of their most uh, effective lineups. With Mickey just out front singing lead, Davey back on the drums, Mike on bass, and Peter on guitar. Yeah,
0: it would've been crazy if
1: that was the lineup
0: instead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For real, it would not the same. Not the same. No,
0: you'd never see Davey behind the drums. If he's so little. <laughs> you have to get him a tiny little kit.
1: And I mean, Mike looked kind of cool as like kind of the stoic bass player. Yeah, I think <laughs> does like, like an ent whistle type who just kind of stands there and does the thing.
0: Yeah, I think if like you're gonna do that lineup, I would still switch Mike and Peter and have Peter on bass <laughs> and Mike on guitar. But Yeah, yeah. But yeah.
1: Different timeline. <laughs> For real. But yeah, like you said, it's a great tune. It always seems to make it onto any sort of mixtape. Always kinda wanna hear it, wanna skip to it. And it's uh it's good. Love that too.
0: It's got um, Like one foot in the kind of experimental monkeys and one foot in the pop monkeys. Mm -hmm. It's like the best
1: bridge for that. Like psychedelic, but it, you know, still on the show.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) All right, so now we kind of clean up our act and go to number 45 with She. Always, whenever I listen to it, I always think it's a better song than I give it credit for. Like, even right now, when I was like, oh, here we have a she. And I was like, oh, yeah, she. I think, again, because it was on the greatest hits and we heard it so many times, it, it just yes. kind of fades as to how good it is.
1: And uh, absolutely true. It's a Boys and Heart Jam, two Boys and Heartsies in a row, Ooh. folks. And uh, it's off more of the monkeys. And uh, real quick, fun fact it's the shortest song title. In the Monkey's canon.
0: Yeah, I guess it would be, wouldn't it? Snuck it right in there with She. One great thing about this song as well is the background vocals are awesome throughout Mm -hmm. the entire thing. And it's a, yeah, just a really good, good, good song. It made it onto the psychedelic record, that vinyl one that I complain about. (laughs) Here we go. But
1: a key element of your beef with this tune it
0: might be because this is on there and was it daily nightly isn't and it's just like really like yeah. what, are you, what are you doing here
1: yeah. is it because of the organ solo and Andrew maybe? Sandoval on the phone folks something something went wrong in the sequencing of this yeah maybe maybe it wasn't uh maybe it was a length of song thing because i'm sure she is just like two minutes and change Maybe Daily Nightly is like four minutes. Couldn't make it on the, track, on the album. Maybe.
0: That, that really could be it. But anyway, no, she is a great song. And I, I, I never give it the credit it deserves.
1: She's a great song, eh? <laughs> Up next, at number 44, we got us a series rep on Poo Poo Pool It because it's getting in, folks.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely our favorite Pulit song. Pretty much going back to when we got the box set, and um it is one of the representative Pulit tracks. And we were like, What is this? That Peter starts singing is like, okay. Yeah. It's a Peter. Yeah,
0: song. exactly. The only one that I would I would maybe say to me I like more. Now is Midnight, which I really love, but this song seems mm-hmm. more like a, a monkeys in the 80s song, whereas Midnight yes. just seems like an 80s song that the monkeys happen to be singing. <laughs>
1: but yes, this definitely has a Peterness to it, it feels a bit silly, it's got a real musicality to it. There's that riff going on in the background the whole time, this mm-hmm. doesn't stop,
0: and it also has that really cool, like that. Do, do,
2: do, 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 do. Yeah. I'll stay with you. I'm gonna stay with you.
1: Yes, I was just thinking I'll that whole part with, with the with the kick and the do-do-do-do. Such a neat little uh, breakdown yeah. and uh, good tune, Pete. Good yeah, tune. I really like it as well. It's it's
0: again. It was one of the three that were on the box set from Poolit. So when we've got the Poolit record, we had all these other new songs, but it still remained one of the best.
1: Have you uh, got around to putting that on the turntable yet, Parker?
0: I haven't yet. Uh, oh no, I did. I did because I was listening to Midnight one night. I was like, "Ooh, in no order right here is Midnight," and I went to put it on like my phone. And I was like, "Wait, I've got the vinyl here. Let's 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 rip this for real." So I put on.
1: Midnight. There you go.
0: And then I put on Getting In did... as well because I was like, "Well, it's here. I'm not going to not put on Getting In."
1: Did did uh, did you reach over and do a little uh, mixing and scratching? <laughs> while you're. <laughs> no, up I don't
0: want to wreck my needle.
1: <laughs> I get enough.
0: another one though. I'm going to do the Midnight Getting In. It's going to be called
2: Getting Into Midnight. Oh, my God. It's going to be the two songs mixed together.
1: Get back, Jack.
0: It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna take a little break here from the uh random at countdown to uh let you know what we were up to in our little break and what we got into jeff oh, you yeah. can take it away if you want
1: man oh man uh we managed to score some tickets to uh the third of three mickey Dolan's shows at the avalon ballroom in niagara falls which gave me a chance to scoop back to the hometown hook up with Paco here, and go see a monkeys show. Always a good time. And uh, it was a pretty special event. As uh, anybody listening to this podcast might know, Mickey's on the road paying tribute to his uh, monkeys bandmates, and specifically this tour was a tribute to headquarters, which is 85 years old, I think. <laughs> and... and so a fun thing they did was they uh played the record in its entirety, chatted a little about it, and also it was bookended by, you know, three or four hits at the start of the end of the show. And I gotta say, it was a fantastic show.
0: Yeah, it was it was really awesome. It was one thing I was shocked first of all, the show was at three o'clock in the afternoon which I thought was very interesting. <laughs> I don't know if that was like, he knows his target audience is going to eat at four thirty, 30, exactly. go to bed by after jeopardy, but
1: got to get, got to get home from that. Lot. Yeah.
0: But, uh, I was also shocked. It was like Jeff said, the third of three shows and it was packed like mm-hmm, front mm-hmm. to back. The place was packed and it was, it was, yeah. Awesome to see that as well. Um, one thing I really liked, he did. He he took the time to talk about each of the guys and had like a little video tribute to each guy. And it was just him on stage talking about them and giving us like antidotes and stuff like that. The mic one was really funny, oddly enough.
1: The word you're looking for is anecdotes. Antidotes are when you took the oh, did I say you antidotes? Don't want to die. It's a- <laughs> anecdotes. Yeah, sorry. But. It- it was genuinely touching every time the videos came on, every time Mickey talked about the guys. And he does this every night yeah. for, for a few months. But he really he thinks about those guys every day. And yeah. it's, it still means a lot to him. You can yeah.
0: Tell. Oh, definitely. And it, I guess at some point you get used to it or this and that. But it must be weird to talk about these guys who are in the band you're singing Four who are no longer here, and every night you've got to kind of bring it up again, like, "Oh yeah, here's Davy," you know, and just talk about how great they were, and like you're the one still standing, essentially. And I wonder what yeah. if that gets weird.
1: He's been talking about Davy in the past tense for like twelve years. That's, yeah,
0: that's what I mean. It must get you get used to it, I guess. But then having to add Peter to that, and then having to add Mike to that, and to just to know that like, you're the last one here now to my
1: hey hey i'm a yeah. monkey
0: but uh yeah i know and one thing just so people just they know we we did try to get an interview for our podcast with mickey Dolenz. We, i spoke to like his agent or whomever that we did the zoom call with and she sent it along to his publicist but uh we we, we never heard back unfortunately <laughs> but
1: yeah it's okay you know you're probably busy oh yeah and uh, i understand
0: and- but i to be honest, I was, I was full in that it was going to happen. I just felt like it was like kismet, like it's oh, going to happen. Because just so listeners know, we did our first shows ever. And in a break during between two of them, we talked about, could you imagine if this one day leads us to interviewing like the, a guy from the monkeys or both guys because Mike was still alive at the time? <laughs> and I was like, it's going to happen. Like those two dudes making those plans, it's going to happen. And then when it did, I was kind of like, what the heck? I was shocked. <laughs> that Mickey didn't want to be on our <laughs> barely listened to podcast. <laughs>
1: hey, 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 hey. We had dozens of fans <laughs> exactly. internationally. Yeah, it's
0: like we wouldn't be helping him out at all if he had done an interview with us. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that did not dampen any moods or anything. It was just like a, a shot in the
1: dark. The first thing I got to mention is we roll up to the venue. We're waiting for Paco. And he comes in. Wearing a Dolan's Jones Boyce and Heart (laughs) t-shirt. Oh, my God. Handcrafted by the wife. It's incredible. I don't know if maybe on on this show, on the YouTube, you could put up the picture of you and me at the pizza place after the show, but couldn't believe it. Yeah. Quite possibly the only Dolan's Jones voice and heart shirt in existence. That was
0: one reason why if we got to meet him, like after the show, I'll be here if you want to meet me or whatever the heck. <laughs> and I, I would just roll up with that shirt on. It's just like, I found an image of the cover, which is one of the greatest covers in rock and roll. And I printed it out. <laughs> and my wife just like irons it on. Right. But she does a really good job of it. It's like a three quarter length sleeves, Dolan's Jones voice heart cover. It's, it's an awesome shirt. Like, if I wear that shirt anywhere and anyone ever knows what it is, <laughs> I'll be like, Wow, you and I are friends forever.
1: I'm sure there are some super fans at the show who saw that or like, oh holy I shit. hope so. I mean that's the only that's the place of what happened. I, I really expected someone to come up to like, hey, nice shirt. Man. I did too. I can't can't believe that didn't no. happen. I thought that's what those dudes outside the the restrooms were saying but that turned out to be something nice. yeah
0: they were these dudes were dressed up like straight from the 60s like bell bottoms like afros big floppy hats and shit and uh they liked my mustache and so we started talking and they they turned they were in a band and i said to the guy like oh hey put your name in my phone so i can check out your band and he just couldn't do it he gave it to that guy and he leans into me he's like man i'm on acid <laughs> And I was like, "Oh shoot!" <laughs> there you go, There you go. It's a Mickey Dolan show. High on acid. I was jealous. I got to admit, I was a little jealous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway, but hey, it, it was like just like every uh, monkey's show. It was quite the range of people. A lot of uh, original fans, obviously from a long, long time ago. And then you could tell there's some '80s fans, and then there's the slightly younger people like us, and then some actual young people were there. Yep, and it was uh, quite the show. Like you said, the place was packed, and uh, and he had the pretty economical band up on the stage. They they scaled it down since the last time we saw him. That's definitely
0: yeah. This was more like like the monkeys, more of like a core band playing.
1: <laughs> it's true. I think Mickey had a total of uh six musicians mm-hmm. around him, yeah. and last time it was like nine or ten. Oh yeah, there's a but lot. It was just the uh, the drummer, the bass player, keyboards, two guitarists, and then his sister on backups.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that we <laughs> both seemed to really enjoy when Andrew Sandoval came out on stage for a moment just to whisper something to Mickey. We're like, oh my god, yeah. it's Andrew Sandoval! <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a celebrity yeah. sighting! What a, a, a deep cut. You got to be in the monkeys to know who that guy yeah. is.
0: Yeah, but as soon as we saw him, I was yeah, like, look, oh, he man.
1: just. He just quickly snuck on stage just to whisper something to the guitar player. And Judging by the behavior of the band and Mickey for the rest of the show, I think there was a time crunch because he cut out all the banter, cut out any more talking about anything. There was no uh, encore break before I'm a Believer or anything. They, just, they were just like, boom, 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 yeah. boom, back on the bus gang. Let's yeah,
0: go. that's crazy. I wonder, I wonder how that happened. But it was nice. Like, hey, I, I like hit after hit after hit, so let's do it.
1: Speaking of which, let's, uh, we can break it down for you real quick. If any of y'all didn't make it to the show, we'll tell you, tell you what they played. Here's the set list from the show we got to see. Probably the same set list for all the shows. Leading off, last train to Clarksville. I wonder if Mickey Dolenz has sung this song over 10,000 times. I wonder.
0: I wonder what song he's sung
1: the most. It's either that or Believer, for sure.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, too.
1: Uh, up next, a little bit me, a little bit you. Rated right to a little tribute to Davy Jones. I think he even did the little two thing with his fingers. Because how, how could you not? Third tune, The Girl I Knew Somewhere. Non-album single, a Mike Nesmith song. Excellent choice.
0: Yeah, that was a, a nice surprise for sure.
1: For sure. And then from there, they kick into Headquarters itself. Talk a little about it. And kick it off with you told me.
0: It was it was fun to hear Mickey singing songs that are usually sung by the other guys. Yes.
1: He's Mickey fucking Dolans. Give this yeah. guy anything. He'll sing the shit out of it. A thousand percent every time.
0: I wonder if before he goes on stage he looks himself in the mirror and says, You're Mickey fucking Dolans. <laughs> Give me fucking anything, I'll sing the shit out of it. <laughs> and For then real? he goes out on stage. <laughs>
2: it's
1: the best in the business. So yeah, and then it rolls into uh, I'll Spend My Life With You and uh, Forget That Girl, which um, is that the one they had the uh, the guitar player sing? Yes. Yeah, they had, uh, and he had like a little, uh, like a classic Davy Jones hat on and everything. Just yeah. not sure if that was intentional or not, but yeah, well, during that, that era where Davy had a hat on in the very, very early days. Yeah, yeah,
0: that jaunty cap. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> oh man and then uh band six i think they just kind of did like a snippet they didn't yeah, actually um, play band six
0: yeah mickey talked about it yeah just kind of the vibe of it and what it meant
1: and all that mm-hmm. so that uh you just may be the one killer Nesmith track yeah. that we we'll yeah. love forever and they rocked it and they did uh shades of gray then they got into a, a little Davy Jones tribute video. And
0: uh, Yeah, this is what we were talking about when he would talk about each guy. Yes, you give it. a little anecdote about him. And uh yeah, it was awesome every time. And and I have to say the screens and like the camera, the lens they used or projector or whatever mm-hmm. was amazing. Like the the video and the pictures looked fantastic mm-hmm. behind him. And on a um, huge, huge screen.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of familiar stuff, but also some Definitely super rare, like private collection type footage, mm-hmm. like some super eight stuff, and just stuff you probably uh, never seen to light of day yet.
0: Oh, for sure, yeah.
1: It's wild that there's still some of that in the vault, but there it was. It was just some really cool stuff with them in like Laurel Canyon, maybe some like some of the stuff with them with the beards on in the studio, and uh, yeah, it was quite the time, man.
0: It was awesome.
1: So yeah, the Davy Jones tribute video led to uh, I Can't Get Her Off of My Mind and was followed with the Peter Tork tribute video because up next was For Pete's Sake.
0: Mickey kind of pointed out like, yeah, Peter was the one playing a character, the dummy, but mm. in real life he was anything but the dummy and he could play so many instruments and was just so kind and so awesome that it was... Mm. Uh, it was nice. I wonder if it was tough for the other guys to kind of see how Peter was treated in the real world because people just couldn't disassociate him being the dummy it's true. with him being Peter Tork.
1: It was like he was he was typecast in real life.
0: Yeah, especially because and- they all used the real names and then the band became a real band. Mm-hmm. And it was all of a sudden like, oh, man, I didn't. I was playing this dummy character in the show. <laughs> but and now it's become who I am to people.
1: Yeah. yeah. So they did uh, For Pete's Sake. And then uh, Mr. Webster, which you got to chat about.
0: Which was fun. That was a, a cool, because that's a song you definitely wouldn't hear right. in a regular show for the most part. Mm-hmm. So it was really great to hear it. It was. For, I know, for, former uh, number one on uh, the Random a Countdown.
1: <laughs> first, first tune out of the hat. I think Mickey mentioned that while he was on stage. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. See, if we got to interview him before, maybe he would have. (laughs) He said, Mr. Webster is the first song we pulled out of that. He's like, I don't know what any of that means, but I'll mention it tonight.
1: That's right. Up next was the Michael Nesmith video. It was kind of cool how this all shook out, like the order of the videos. Yeah. The order of the songs. Because obviously Michael is the most recently passed. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's probably still real fresh in Mickey's mind. And then they get into "Sunny Girlfriend, which is quite the jaunty little tune.
0: Yeah, yeah. And just to go back to Mike, or Mickey talking about Mike, ah. was uh, he had some really funny things to say about like, like Daily Nightly, he broke it down.
2: I sang this song, it's called Dark, uh, Daily Nightly. And here's, here's the first verse. Dark and rolling figures move through prisms of no color. Hand in hand they walk the night, but never know each other. Passion passed in neon lights, light up bejeweled traveler. Lost in scenes of smoke-filled dreams, find questions, but no answers. So when I got the lyrics and I was going to sing the song, I said to Naz, has yes, the, these are incredible words. The, this is beautiful poetry. What does it mean? He said, how the hell should I know? I was ripped.
1: <laughs> so, so much fun. It is such a Mike thing to say. I think these anecdotes are part of why things went wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, for sure. And also, uh, for Mickey and Mike to go out on like, the, the Mike and Mickey show tour... Mm-hmm. And to have that kind of closeness so much later in life, like yep. like Mickey and Davey obviously had that closeness their entire lives mm-hmm. since the monkeys, and then Mickey and Peter and Davey as well, and then Mickey and Peter. But I think to get to hang out with Mike again in such close proximity and be so such a unit, I think probably really, um, I don't know. It must have been very uh, cool for Mickey to have that. And for Mike to have that as well. Definitely. But now especially because Mike's gone, like Mickey had that time with him near the end where I'm was, sure a lot of hangout and awesome times happened.
1: Yeah, it was just a, it felt like a real uh, cherry on top of the whole experience for both of them. Yes. Like if it was going to be Definitely. the last time, for whatever reason, it was like the way to do it, We're together on the road, playing tons of tunes. We got yeah. Family members in the band. It was so cool. And um yeah. similar vibe to this show, but is is little little scaled back.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it it's like the Mike and Mickey show tour was like a victory yeah. on top of everything. Yeah. Like this huge the show, like look at the crowds they're playing to, hitting those deep cuts. I think it was a very mutual like great time for them and the crowd feeding mm-hmm. off of each other in that tour.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: sure.
0: And now, yeah, now Mickey doing this tour and everything. Yeah. It's a bit smaller, a bit scaled down, but it's just like, still makes sense to be doing it.
1: it if that was, makes it sense. It was cool. All the tunes they played before the show. <laughs> like there are some of the good time songs, some of the deeper cuts that wouldn't, were not going to be in this show, mm-hmm. but it was still really cool. And still, uh let's say fan targeted. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So after Sunny
1: Girlfriend, they did a thing for Zilch with, yeah. with each of the guys and the lines on the screen and everything for, for people who didn't know the lyrics.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people, younger people are like, is this for that, is this Mr. Dabalina, is this what it came from? Nicole said that to me. She's like, wait, wait, is, wait a minute. And I was like, yeah, this is where it came from. Mr. Bob Dabalina. Mr. Bob Dabalina.
1: How about that? Kings of the golden age of hip-hop, the Monkeys.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, their their roots run deeper than people would think. <laughs> so, yeah, then uh, he he picks up the pace here and blasts into no time, mm. which is always awesome to see live. Oh, yeah. And it's also a song when you play live, it brings the crowd right up. Like, everybody gets excited, even if they've never heard it before.
1: Like It's such a party, man. It's so fun. Imagine, imagine being in the studio when they did it. Holy shit. Yeah.
0: Oh, exactly. Yeah.
1: It would have been such a great time. But uh, that it was early morning blues and greens, which I'm not sure I ever seen them do when Davey was around. But, I was uh, going to say, yeah. Such a cool tune. Such a Such a cool, mellow vibe of a tune.
0: Yeah. It was great. And great to see live. I'd never seen it live before, so it was awesome.
1: Yeah. I think the dude on the keyboards had a nice solo thing going on and everything. Yeah. <laughs> mitch hedberg looking dude who's on the keyboard yeah. he was at the the previous tour as well i think most of these guys were on the the previous band yeah i think so too yeah
0: so then pulled out the big old timpani drum and the crowd goes crazy yes he wasn't he wasn't wearing the the tablecloth but that was okay <laughs> maybe he got some uh chicken wings on it from the casino buffet the night before or something
1: so mind. yeah,
0: he plays Randy scouse Get Place Goes Crazy, talks a little bit about that song as well. He kind of gave a little talk about almost every song, which was yeah. kind of cool.
1: It was very cool. That's a, That was a wrap on the headquarters portion of the show. And now it's time to just uh, blow us away with a handful <laughs> of killer tunes, including uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday, Valerie, Daydream Believer, I'm Not Your Stepping Stone, and I'm a believer. Boom, bang, pow, biff, zap.
0: Unreal. When they blast into Valerie, you and I, like, I think we are audible. Like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and that dude rips the solo. Incredible. Like, he
1: actually plays, like, the Valerie solo, and yeah. it was awesome. It was so good. So I think that's part of the audition to play for the monkeys. So got, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Valerie solo, go.
0: <laughs> okay, next. <laughs>
1: well it was an incredible time fantastic show a lot of fun and uh glad we got to go
0: yeah a great thing for me was for the mike and mickey show we weren't sitting together Mm -hmm. because you Mm -hmm. and your sister were up sitting and i was at my i was chilling by myself but with this show we got to sit together that was cool and like react to songs together and go crazy and that was a lot of fun
1: for sure so that was a very good very satisfying show had some slices of cake out of the Cake box, cake machine just outside the venue. The perfect end to a perfect monkey's show. Big old slab of machine cake.
0: I was going to mention that as well. What a day. Because that cake was delicious. Unreal. It was amazing. I had like the next day, and I was like, I should have bought four of these. Even though your sister bought it for us, I should have made her buy <laughs> me four of these. it was so. Good. Vending machine cake shouldn't be that good. <laughs> but it really was
1: that's that's the pull quote from today's show i think
0: i think so too that should be our shirt podcast valley sunday vending machine cake shouldn't taste that good <laughs> like what the hell is this about
1: you gotta listen <laughs> man you got you gotta know <laughs> yeah it's a deep cut reference i ran the numbers real quick the average score for uh the tunes that were in the show that we saw 54 not bad Wow, nice. Remember, this includes like Zilch and Band 6, which <laughs> are up to like the hundreds-ish. But yeah, uh, yeah. a lot of good tunes, a lot of tunes we like, some deep cuts, just a great show, man. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Mickey knows how to put on a show for his fans. What can you say?
0: Yeah, he's a professional.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Fantastic times. Good times. All right, so now insane. to get back to the Randomatic Countdown. Yeah. Coming back at number 43, we've got While I Cry.
2: They told me what you'd do if I ever stayed with you. They told me that you'd laugh while I cried.
1: Another Mike Nesmith. Heartstring Tugger.
0: Definitely. Yeah, it's a. I don't even know if it's hard to listen to, especially now for me, I think. Also, because we ended our Mike Nesmith Tributes uh, podcast with this song. Ooh,
1: that was heavy. And did have you uh, You've been able to make it through the version that I posted on the YouTube Random At Countdown?
0: Yes, I did. One time I went through it. And it's, it's a long version, over seven minutes.
1: It's tough. And... <laughs> um, Start to see why people were concerned and kind of complaining about why why you bring a mic on the road he is not well he's not quite connecting with the music can see it was it was strange the difference from the mic that we saw and the mic that is on like the most recent video clips near the end of the tour it's like it was uh I don't know it was heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, it is, yeah. That's why I I haven't watched a whole lot of near-the-end Mike stuff just because I really like the Mike we saw and the Mike we talked to where he was still (laughs) Spry and Mike Nesmith. So, yeah, that's the way I want to remember Mike, to be honest. Yeah. But... (laughs) While I Cry. It's another song that I brought to guitar lessons way back in high school to learn Mm -hmm. how to play, which uh, which is weird because again I'm not a quiet song type guy, but this song is just so good, it just you can't deny it. Essentially,
1: and yeah, it's uh, just like most of Instant Replay. It's a bit of a bummer. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But of course, it's it's well performed. It's very cool, and uh, I love the background vocals. Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah. Those high, like, falsetto vocals, mm-hmm. like the guitar break. Fantastic. And it, going back to the the one that's posted, at the very beginning of it, Mike does talk about how grateful he is for everything mm-hmm. and uh, how grateful he's for the fans and all that stuff, which makes it even harder to, to deal with. Like, yeah. To be honest, I don't think I have watched the whole thing. Oof, <laughs> I don't think I can get through it.
1: It's a big oof.
0: But, yeah. But it's a great tune. And... uh Yeah, what more can you say about it really?
1: For real.
0: So now in a completely different direction at number 42, we've got 99 pounds.
1: Get back, Jack.
0: That
1: was a 99 pounds. 99 pounds.
0: We are rocking another example of when you give davy jones a song to rock he can he can kill it every time
1: no joke man and No joke.
0: saddle him with these ballads and like broadway show tunes but it's like man davy could do when, when and just side with a the song the, the hey hey background vocals are awesome hey, hey. mm-hmm. thank you the call and response stuff fantastic great vibe unreal organ solo yeah man as well and uh all in two and a half minutes,
1: <laughs> for real man, and I think, uh for the changes of them, they went back and dug up some stuff from like some sixty six sessions like this is this is young Davy, and this is like probably while the show wasn't even quite out yet, and they were just recording a big pile of songs and yeah, this this feels like one of them, it's a Jeff Barry tune that he probably couldn't get placed on monkeys or more of the monkeys or anything else, but he just had it like in the trunk yeah (laughs) uh, found it put it on the record and uh it's a rocking davy tune let's put it on a monkey's record
0: yeah so good so good i dig it me too has a a party vibe like if you played like this in no time back to back at a party it's gonna become
1: animal house (laughs) no joke no joke
0: (laughs) it's gonna be Now we'll head on up to number 41 mm. with a classic we just kind of spoke about, Sunny Girlfriend.
2: She owns and operates her own sunshine.
1: I got I got scroungy girlfriend written down here are you sure yeah. that's
0: the right one <laughs> that was one of the the possible names for the podcast back when we were just throwing <laughs> names out scroungy girlfriend <laughs> people would have had no idea what this podcast was about <laughs>
1: that folks is a reference to uh, monkeys live 1967 where Mike Nesmith introduces the song as scroungy girlfriend
2: like to do a song off of our latest album called headquarters <laughs> Oh you know it. It's called Scroungy Girlfriend.
0: I think that was the first time I heard this song. was on live 1967 because oddly enough, it was not on the box set and you'd feel this would be a song that would be on there.
1: Well, they couldn't they couldn't put all of headquarters on the box set, I guess. I guess had to leave out a couple. And uh, yeah, like maybe we'd seen it on the show. Uh, but we definitely didn't have headquarters yet. I think we got live nineteen sixty seven before we had headquarters.
0: Yes, definitely. At least I know I did.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I say we as in like, hey man, come over. I got Monkeys Live nineteen sixty seven. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh sorry, what was I saying? Oh, this again, this was another song I brought to guitar lessons to mm-hmm. play, and I still know how to play it. And when I heard the version that's on headquarters and it opens with the, that backwards cymbal. Yeah. Because in the live version, it's tapow. And then in this one, it's like that kind of sound with the symbol. I remember being like, ooh, that's cool, isn't it? <laughs> Hang on to your <laughs> seats. It's so different.
1: And again, that's just probably them just being able to dick around in the studio and, hey man, let's try to put a backward symbol on this thing.
0: Yeah, maybe they were doing the symbol like whoever produced that record, Chip Douglas or whoever the heck was, just like, you know what we could do, man. <laughs> and it must have been such a bigger pain in the ass to do back in 1966 or whatever yeah. to do a backward symbol than now you just like click it, right click, reverse, <laughs> yeah. and then you have it
1: done. It's a garage band. <laughs> it's uh, you got a little clip of a backward symbol.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, for me, "Sunny Girlfriend" always kind of has the vibe of about a girl on Nirvana's "Bleach" album, like super catchy, shiny song that's like sneakily, like the best song on the album. And I feel the two of them kind of uh, they're in the same kind of vibe with each other.
1: That's right, Michael Nesmith, the Godfather of Grunge folks, move over, exactly. Neil Young.
0: I, I bet if Nirvana had covered Sunny Girlfriend and just called it Scroungy Girlfriend or something else, people would have loved <laughs> Grun- it.
1: Grungy Girlfriend.
0: Yeah, Grungy Girlfriend.
1: <laughs> it's a good tune, a bit of a deeper cut. I think we like it more than a lot of people like it, but that's fine with us. It's our show.
0: Yeah, a lot of people are dumb.
1: Number 41, Sunny Girlfriend. Number 40, we got another Mike Nesmith song. We can continue our chat about the monkeys impact on hip hop. It's Mary Mary, folks. Mary Mary, where are you going to? Mary Mary, can I go to? So
2: Mary Mary
0: Starts off with that radical little guitar intro, oh yeah, and then it—it's almost like a song when you hear it. It feels like it's been around forever. It feels like like almost like a standard rock song, yeah. And you wouldn't know that it came from Mike Nesmith, really, because it just seems like such a deeper rock cut yeah. that's been around forever.
1: There's a, a timelessness to that beat that uh, it could yeah. came out in any decade, and it just yeah. I remember hearing it on the record. It's on more of the monkeys, and, and it's also um, well, it's on like almost every best of. And um, uh, fun fact, it was the B side on the international single for "Theme from the Monkeys." So interesting. Def- theme on one side, Mary Mary on the other. A nice little mm. slab of monkey vinyl right there.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And then, yeah, you mentioned the hip hop connection. And obviously, in the 80s, Run DMC used that beat and then sampled Mickey singing Mary Mary and then did the Run DMC version of Mary Mary. Which was honestly the first one I heard when I was a kid, and then when I heard the Monkeys' <laughs> version, I was like, "Wait, what? What is this?" <laughs> Wait,
1: what? Was Jam Master Jay in the Monkeys?
0: Yeah, Jam Master Nez. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Such... And um, I believe there exists a version by the Paul Butterfield Blues Band.
2: Mary, Mary, Mary. Go there too. There's one thing I will buy you. I'd rather die and live without you. Mary, Mary, where are you going?
1: To? Yeah, I'm not sure huh. if Mike was just buddies with them and I don't know, it was just just like the the you can recognize it as Mary Mary and they're just jamming it out. I don't know, Mike was just buddies with the guys and maybe helped them out or something. But yeah, there's a extra version of Mary Mary floating around out there.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. For me, it's definitely one of the most garage bandy song sounding songs yes. that the monkeys have.
1: Definitely, definitely rocks. Definitely cool. I dig it.
0: Yeah, me too. It's yeah. It's a fun tune to put on. Like I always say, makes me want to do the frug. <laughs> and uh,
1: and it's just it's easy to picture them on the show in the shirts, playing the song.
0: Oh, as soon as I hear it, I see that close up of Mickey playing <laughs> drums and singing <laughs> every time. It just it's connected.
1: The, the extreme close up <laughs> later on when he's uh, going off at the end.
0: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, great song, great vibe. Great way to wrap up this section of the Random Matter Countdown.
1: There you have it, folks.
0: Indeed. Okay, so next time, we only, we know we only did 10 this episode, but that's because we had the Mickey show to talk about. Yeah. And so we'll be back. We will be back in two weeks. We promise we're, <laughs> we're going to be right back on it to the end. Is the, It's the literal home stretch now, isn't it? No, don't,
1: don't, don't jinx it, Paco. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having us back. We'll be back when we when we get to you. But the goal is to be back into it ASAFP, folks.
0: Yes. See you at Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, hope you all had a good time. Hope you, If you guys saw Mickey Dolan's live, please comment on it. Like, Let us know what you thought of the show. Let us know if your set list differed in any way from our set list. Mm. And yeah, from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening.
1: Thank you, bye-bye.